welcome to the Uno Show. We are two geeks who talk about everything. My name is Aaron, and I am joined, as always, by my cousin Lance. Say hello. Hello, and good day. Uh, this week, we are taking a deep dive into The Dark Knight, as well as the other Batman movie that was made before and after Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Uh, so that means we're going to kick things off with the Adam West Batman and wrap things up with Matt Reeves' Batman, or Battinson, if you will. Uh, so buckle up, kids. A lot of Batman movies. We may go over typical hour-ish time, uh, but we will hit on our favorites, our not-so-favorites, and uh, we want you to join in on our conversation. So who's your favorite Batman? What is your favorite movie starring the Cape Crusader? Do you have a cinematic bat villain leave us some comments leave a like leave a subscribe a review see what i did there so that was like my sneaky way of convincing right in make the okay. show just a little more popular there you i wonder go. if it's gonna work there you go of course of course this uh what your initial thoughts on on the batman not the new movie but just batman in general been around for more than 80 years you know he's Popular. He's all right. No, I'm just kidding. I uh, I remember no watching. <laughs> I remember watching the show um, when when I was a kid, and I um started watching. Um, I guess I guess the Adam West one, maybe on I don't know. Was that on like Nick at Night? Probably. Yeah, I feel like it. It hit a lot of different uh, places growing up. Like I think. For a while, it was like syndicated on like a local TV station in the afternoons. Yeah, um, I do remember watching it as a very young child, and you know, having that that idea of you know, at the end of the episode, it's got the cliffhanger where Batman and Robin have been trapped by whoever the queen is, and then it says, "Tune in tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel," and. Uh, so you've got that. I've had that run in my head, like as a kid. Yeah. Um, you know when uh, the cable channel started out, they primarily showed like those old superhero TV shows. They showed Batman, Hornet, uh, Wonder Woman. Uh, All right, so was... so we mentioned the the TV show, which will lead into the 1966 movie that was made. But uh, I think we'd be remiss if we did not mention that there were actually two uh, serials that came out in the 40s. Uh, in 1943, there was a 15-part Batman series in the movie theaters. And then in 1949, there was Batman and Robin. I didn't know that. Yeah, so uh, I haven't seen those. And since you didn't know they existed, I assume you haven't seen them either. No. Um, so so we'll we'll move on from those. I do know I've seen pictures uh still in the serials and the costumes look ridiculous. Oh really? Oh it's, it's bad. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean it's it's what they were able to get away with, you know. Yeah. Um all right, so Batman the movie would come along in nineteen eighty six. It was the first feature length theatrical adaptation the popular TV series that starred Adam West as Batman and Ford as Robin. And the film four of its most popular villains team up to take on the dynamic duo, the Joker, the Riddler, the Penguin, and Cat. What are your thoughts on this 
camp classic? Um, so I I loved it. I mean, I you know I watched it a lot. I mean, it was definitely campy would be the right word. I mean, because I mean, like thinking about like just the shark repellent, you know, part. <laughs> you know, that was pretty hilarious. Um, bat shark repellent. The bat shark repellent. You know, and of course you had uh, Robin always just like, you know, gee whiz, holy moly, wowzer, Batman. You know, <laughs> it was always. I think it was holy something i mean i could think of lines the only one i could think of is when chris o'donnell does it in batman forever he goes yeah, holy, holy rusted metal batman. batman he's like what he's like no it's metal is holy and rusted <laughs> that yeah. was a funny play um i love yeah. that uh burgess meredith was the penguin that's that's the coolest thing mickey from rocky yeah. it's a, it was very iconic uh, portrayal of of the the penguin. I mean, you, you yeah, yeah, that's the one you think of. Um, and then who was who played the um the Joker? That was uh, Caesar Romero. You were Caesar Romero, right, right, right. Um, he used to shave his mustache, so it's painted over white. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, it was it was so good. I I think you know just having all of them together in a movie has not been accomplished. It's been attempted, but it's not been accomplished to have, you know, all of those characters together. And I can't think of how it would have been properly, you know, um, accomplished in, in any time later, you know, cause it was so lighthearted. You know, there wasn't the critical nature of, uh, that there is today about who's doing what, you know, but, uh, well, yeah. Yeah. The only time they pulled out any, uh, together uh at least in a batman movie is in the batman the lego batman movie and Where, they, yeah, like, that's right pull out they have everybody everybody yeah. i wasn't even thinking about the lego batman. <laughs> yeah yeah um what about you did you like the movie was that one of your childhood favorites uh, you know i didn't even know that a movie existed until i'm pretty sure as an adult um, I thought it was just a TV show. I never knew that there was a theatrical uh, feature-length version of, of the TV show. I thought it was just a show, and that's it, that you had that same Bat Time, Bat Channel lineup. And right. uh, and so I think at some point, uh, maybe it was like an anniversary or something, TBS uh, was showing it as like, as like a special movie event. Uh, and I think I finally watched it there. Um, and I mean, it was—it's it, exactly like the TV show. I mean, it's directed by director. Did episodes of the TV show. It's written by the same writers, and of course, it stars all the same people except right. for Catwoman. Uh, Catwoman on the TV show uh, for the first seasons was Julie Newmar. In the movie, she's Lee Merriweather, which did a pretty good job. I mean, you have to admit. Oh yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh, though I, I will admit, Julie Noir is the one I, I picture uh, in that '60s outfit right. with the hair and mask and everything. Uh, that's that's the one that I, I see most often in my head uh, when I think about that version of Batman. Um, but uh, yeah, like it. You know, it is what it is. Uh, you look back at that period, 
Um, and we've talked about before how uh, the version of Batman at the time was extremely faithful to the comic. Yeah, like, really. That's was. what you had in the comics. You had very uh, comedic, cheesy storylines that just advance in a realistic world. But, uh, you know, then in the 70s, you have the more uh, grim and gritty sort of detective style right. uh, noir come, making a comeback with the of characters like Rachel Ghoul. Right. Uh, they bring back the Joker as of uh, an actual psychopath instead of just some, you know, comedic pratfall kind of guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not Which like it is was like what an... leads us to where we wind up in the late eighties, right? With uh, with the next movies we come up. But anything else you want to say about the uh, the sixties dynamic duo? I think like there was, um, it wasn't meant to be epic, you know. It wasn't oh, meant no. to be anything like that. And and all future renditions, other than the Lego Batman movie. Or have been meant to be epic, you know, and it's just, you know, um, I think like even when I look at this, this, the silly attempts that were made, um, with uh, we'll get to them with Batman, uh, Forever and Batman Robin, it's part of a saga, you know, at this point, and I think that's one of the reasons why people had trouble making the the challenge. You could appreciate the 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 callback to this type of show movie which and then that type of comic you know that that was the original um and you yeah. can see that nostalgia throughout that but the problem was is you were midway through an epic series and the shift was just nauseating at times you know what i mean so um i think i think you could you had so much room in that first one to just have fun that was the era you know um as we shift to Batman with Michael Keaton, uh, you know Tim Tim Burton um, uh, doing, and then Jack Nicholson. When you when you shift, you got Jack Palance as the the crime boss. You know it's it's such a different feel. It's darker. It's grittier. You know this is like this is some serious stuff going on. You know, such a different world. That so. That is, uh, yeah, it's a different world. Almost an understatement. I mean, it's, uh, so I remember I wasn't allowed to see Batman in 1989. Of course, I was only nine years old. Um, and it's a PG-13 movie, whatever. But uh, I remember, like, we had friends who went and saw it, like adult friends who saw it, and said that it was uh, too dark for the kids to go see. So we weren't allowed to see it until it came out on VHS. And, uh, of course, then later when Batman Returns came out, I did get to see that in the theater. Um, but uh, it's interesting. I was, I was looking at uh, some of the history uh, that in between, you know, the 60s and, you know, just Batman's kind of... Uh, star i guess fell a little bit he wasn't as popular in the 70s and 80s um you know than, uh what on super uh but uh, the story of the lead up to tim burton sitting in the director chair uh 
and the casting of Michael Keaton, which extremely controversial uh, at the time. Uh, it's it's really long and interesting uh, story lead up to it, but we don't have time to talk about all that. What are some of the highlights? Though? I mean, they, like just just some oh, of the highlights as to you know maybe some little fun facts that you could kind of throw out there about that. So I will say this: that at one point Ivan Reitman was attached to direct, and oh. he wanted Bill Murray to play Bruce Wayne, and Eddie Murphy was going to be Robin. <laughs> um so that I mean I, that thing that little tidbit of information is intriguing uh you know if you've if you've got time you want to go see the the development of of Batman film over the course late 70s and early 80s uh it really is uh check check that out just look, even on wikipedia you'll get enough information to um kind of whistle but uh as I said, like what I was saying Keaton Michael Keaton was super controversial um, because, you know, at the time, he's just seen as a comedic actor. Sure. Um, he, Mr. Mom. Mr. Mom, Beetlejuice. <laughs> Dream he, Team. You know, critics assumed he couldn't handle doing such a serious role. Right. Um, he, like, imagine the internet had existed in 1989, and, like, <laughs> like the way the... Like, when Heath Ledger was, was cast as a Joker, and all the geeks took to the internet with other pull off playing the Joker. How's he uh, gonna do? The guy from Ten Things I Hate About You, you know, right? Just, you just can't even imagine. No, can't even imagine. no, uh, no. But but you know, I think when anybody looks at Jack Nicholson as the Joker, you know, now of course everybody, we all love Jack Nicholson, you know, and you see something like One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, or you see him in The Shining, and you see the craziness in him. I could see how someone would say, "There's a crazy man right there." You know what I mean? Um, from oh, yeah. you know, from The Shining. But um, beyond that, it's like, but but is he really like the laughing Joker, silly kind of Joker? So I would imagine even then, at that time, it's like only the mind of Tim Burton could really probably see both in their proper roles. And so, what's about this is like I'm we're going to compare Jack Nicholson to what most people were which would have been Cesar Romero's version from the TV show. Right. And, and that was a night and day portrayal of the Joker because here comes Jack Nicholson as this gangster turned super. Uh, and he is, he is unhinged and he is psychotic this is and this is where we're seeing the Joker in the seventies and eighties in the comics, as opposed to what he was beforehand. He was just this uh I don't know. He he wasn't a, a murderous psychopath trail of poison in his wake. Whereas now he is because the the killing the act of killing, the act of it's all part of him that's funny so uh he i think in the moment we, we get some good ones with jack nicholson um like when he kills jack character right uh has fun with it yeah like he, he is he's just shooting him over and over again behind the back through the legs right. like doing all that stuff. it's totally something the joker would do 
and it's he's he's just having fun with it. And that's that is what the Joker do. He's having fun with this kill because to him it's funny. That's right. part. It's all part of the joke. Right. Right. Yeah. No. It's it. it he really. He really. Both of them did a great job. I don't think after watching growing up watching Mr. Mom and um and uh, Dream Team it was Dream Team right one where he was with the crazy so, people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you just you just don't see him that way. But watching it again recently, I was I, I was rem- reminded at how how well Michael Keaton pulls off Bruce Wayne in an absent-minded kind of a way. You know, just kind of he's he's I rem- thinking about Batman Returns. You know, Alfred brings down the soup. You know, and he hands it to him. You know, and he and he he tastes it and spits it out. And he's like, it's cold. And he's like, he says what it is. He says it's supposed to be cold. And he goes, oh, you know, he just, you know, he's just very not not Batmanish until he puts on the cowl, and then he is Batman. I wouldn't say not in the same way that uh, Christian Bale made the transformation with Batman. You know, this voice, you know, so low. You know, Bruce. You know. Michael Keaton didn't ever do that. He just things change. You know, he just has a voice like this. You know? It's it's so different between the two, you know? So he'll always be my favorite though, by the way. Just if we're talking about who's the better one or whatever, yeah. I'll always like Michael Keaton's Batman the best, maybe because of being a kid. Yeah. Uh, there's I I would say there's there uh, I guess it sounds cheap. There's a special place in my heart for Michael Batman. For who? Um, Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, as Batman. Um. So, did you know that originally Tim Burton did not want to come back to the sequel? Oh, he didn't. Wow, and I no. love Batman Returns. Um. So he wasn't going to come back because uh, he's kind of of the mind frame that a sequel should only be done if like you can do something new with it, and he yeah. wasn't that they could do anything with Batman after what was done with the first one. Um, but uh, a script came through that he liked um, and so Returns uh, was put into production with Keaton again coming back as Batman. We have three villains. We've got uh, Dana DeVito as Penguin, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catman, and Christopher Walken as Max Shrek who was made up for this, but he is definitely a villain. Yeah, he's definitely a villain. Right alongside these other yeah. two, uh, just because he's not wearing a costume and and taking on a crazy name. In all fairness, I still consider that hair to be a costume, because that was some cotton candy hair right there. <laughs> um, he, I, I found him to be a more devious. Oh, for sure. Than uh, Penguin or I did too. I mean, you 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 know both of them. Or crazy. I think one of the things that you can appreciate, just like what he pulled off was in in Batman, you get Jack Nicholson and you get Jack Nicholson. Really good Jack Nicholson. It's not like you have, oh, the Joker played by Jack Nicholson. The Joker is Jack Nicholson, right? In in Batman Returns, in the same way, you get Danny DeVito and you get Danny DeVito as the penguin, not Danny DeVito playing the penguin. He is. I mean, he—you get all this feel and vibe of Danny DeVito in in his, 
Danny DeVito-esque nature. The only one that was, I mean, what surprised me um, and still to this day surprised me is how well Michelle Pfeiffer goes from her character, Selena Kyle, at the very beginning to just a few, you know, and, and a few scenes later, she's now Catwoman. And she makes, she pulls it off in such a great way. Um, I, probably, honestly, one of the best performances of all of the Batmans, I've, I, I think is how she portrays Selena Kyle becoming Catwoman, you know? Right. Amazing. Yeah, it's it, she does a great job going from being this meek little secretary to suddenly having all of this confidence that she never would have had prior to being put in the window. Um yeah. and, and then her of course becomes about seeking and her boss. Right. Um technically killed her. Uh, but good thing she had nine lives. Am I right? Yeah. 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 And um, you know, it's funny though, because I think the idea of having nine lives would seem somewhat silly today. You know what I mean? It would be heavily scrutinized to have something like that, like nine, take, take a thing like that and say nine lives. Um, but because you're so enthralled with her character and who she is, you don't really care. You're just like, right. all right, I'll count with you. You know, one, two, you know, and then you got the, all right, now we're going to do the uh, electricity thing. All right, now look, electricity kid. We got one more life. All right. Make your best life now. And she shows up at the end, never to be seen again. <laughs> I know. So good, though. I love the scene with um, her and Michael Keaton uh, or Bruce Wayne at the ball when they yeah. when they figure out, you know, that who each other are. And uh -huh. um, she's like, does this mean we have we to start fighting to fight now? now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah, that, that reveal is, is really well done. Um, that whole, like, the, the their conversation about wearing masks and, uh, and then, you know, leading up to, you know, talking about mistletoe, which is a callback to when they were fighting on the rooftop. Uh, and then again, you know, suddenly they realize at the same time this is batman this is catwoman we're enemies yeah we're attracted to each other what are we supposed to do now well i i think back to like the first batman and about um kim basinger being in it and you know she of course you know especially at that time was a very popular actress, you know, and um, sure. she had done nine and a half weeks, I think, or something like that with Rourke. Wasn't that right? Yeah, Mickey Rourke. Yeah. So, you know, she was definitely like an attractive actress and everybody's all about that. But but when you see Michelle Pfeiffer and um, Michael Keaton interact and they're both coming at it from kind of positions of masks and craziness, I mean, that's the one that I think sticks for me more than anything else. I mean, there's really yeah. not been any other um, depiction that I've, that I've connected with as much as this one. Yeah. I feel like at least for, at least for them, I feel like their, their chemistry was uh, much more palpable than uh, what he had with Vicky Vale. Yeah. And uh, in, in the first Batman. Um, so yeah, I'd agree with that, that, that his, his relationship with Catwoman um, felt more real and more uh almost like this could work right yeah 
um, for for these two, and I, and maybe that part of that too is uh, at least for me could be that in so much of comic lore, you have that relationship between Batman right. and Catwoman. It's, it's right. Um, that almost meant to be like Clark Kent and Lois Lane are supposed to be together, right? No matter what comes between, you know, eventually they're going to get together. And so right. it's that way with Batman and Catwoman, it seems like. And, and in certain realities of the multiverse, that's how it's happened. Batman and Catwoman, you know, right. they, they got married, they had a daughter who wound up growing up with Huntress, and everybody's happily ever after. And, you know, it's one of those one of those things you, you kind of want to see happen. Then at the same time, it's like, you can't really have to get together and have no, no. ever after. Well, and in the comics, that focuses, you know, then you have, you know, later connections with him and Talia. And then even so with Batman, Dark Knight Rises, you know, you have Talia. And it's just, honestly, I the, there's, you know, Batman needs to be with Catwoman. You know I mean? That's how it is. And it will always need to be strained because it has to be. They have different philosophies, you know. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, you know, uh, the, I think there, there are some things about Batman Returns that I can't get over. So, you know, we talked about like, you know, Catwoman with her nine lives. I can get over that. Um, the part with the penguins at the end, the army of the penguins, um, as an, as an adult, adult looking on it, I, I really, I have, I struggle with it. Um, I mean, I still, I still enjoy it and watch and all that stuff, but, I really didn't need to have that. I would have rather him just have like bombs placed all over the city, like in the Batman, you know what I mean? And I would have been, that would have just been fine. Just do yeah. that, you know, but yeah, Burton, that was, know. I feel like that was, you know, while we were getting a darker version of Batman tour um, compared to what everything that came before. And this was only a different penguin than we got with Burgess Meredith. Um, there was still that whole, of you know this is a comic book movie yeah so let's not take ourselves too seriously so he's an army of penguins so they're like cybernetic have rockets attached to their backs big deal what 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 would people say it's it dresses up like a bat and it's a, a man like a penguin this is not real life yeah. okay so we he's got an army of penguins let's let's give cat one an army of cats why not why not Whatever. Um, well, um, we shift then. Do you have anything more to say about yeah. the Tim? Tim no, I was, uh, I was actually getting ready to say let, we sh we're let's shift into the Schumacher years. All right. So I just want to say this before we get into it. Um, that summer before before I watched the movie, I read. Remember how they used to come out? And they probably still do with theatrical novels. You know, the, and that the, was a film adaptation. Yeah, that was a real big deal at that time, especially where you'd have a movie and they'd have the novel come out, you know, around the same time or not before. I I read Batman Forever first. And oh, really? My imagination for how it turned out. Um, not that I'm a director or anything like that, but it turned out to be better than the movie <laughs> with, with one exception. Uh, Jim Carrey, you know, Jim Carrey was was hilarious. Um, and I, I do like Batman forever, you know, um, because of him. But that's it. 
you know, I, I don't I can't say that I really enjoy much of of any of the movie other than watching Jim Carrey be Jim Carrey. So there is a reason why Batman Forever turned into what it was, which obviously more lighthearted, uh, much less serious than what has come before, um, with the shift into having Schumacher uh, direct uh, and having Tim Burton take a step back to uh, just producer credit. Um, something more lighthearted because Batman uh, even though it was a, a critical hit and a box office hit, it was considered too much. Um, and they thought it's, you know, they, they had meal toys that they couldn't give away to kids because the kids were too scared to go watch this movie. They, they, they were scared of the penguin. This is a monster man who is around in a giant rubber <laughs> duck. I that mean, was pretty cool. All those toys and things like that that were out at the time. It was. It was cool. And the thing, like when you when you've got a movie that should be pushing merchandise like that, but the the audience trying to reach to get mom and dad to go buy that merchandise isn't old enough to see the movie. Yeah. Then that's <laughs> you got a so, problem. Well, real so, quick, yeah, so can they you... brothers, the studio decided, all right, of course, we're gonna bring in Schumacher and uh and so because Michael Keaton did not like the way things were turning uh, sure. with this shift in, in tone, he stepped away. And so, of course, that made room for the homework to step in. And uh, so yeah, now we've got a new caper saver. Well, let me ask you this real quick, just for the listeners' sake. You know, I think everybody remembers Tim Burton from, you know, uh, you know, you look at things like Edward Scissorhands. Or um, later, The Nightmare Before Christmas, you know, people know Tim Burton's name um, for many works. But Joel Schumacher, can you kind of share some of the works that he's done? He has a very varied uh, uh, slate of films that he did over the course of his lifetime. Um, some of the ones that, that stick out to me, he, he directed The Lost Boys. Mm -hmm. He directed um, A Time to Kill. Yep. He directed The Client, Lee. Uh, he directed Phantom of the Opera when uh, the stage version hit the screen. Yeah. Um, Gerard Butler. Like he's, you mean the, he's are done... you talking about the Gerard Butler one or are you talking about the um, the the other one with him with Herman? Yeah, there was two. There was two of them. There was the one with Gerard Butler and then there was Herman the Rob. There's two versions of Les Miserables. Oh, I was thinking Les Mis. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Are you, so it's the, the, the Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom of the Opera is the one with John R. Butler and, uh, and Emma Rosen. Emmy yeah. Rossum. Emmy Ross. Uh, so yeah, he directed that as well. I mean, he, he had a whole bunch of movies that he directed. Uh, dozens. So um, when I think about like Joel Schumacher, I, I think my my point to this is, is you, you find this movie to be a callback to the campiness. This is a guy who's not like just like known to be a cheesy director. This is a guy who's done some serious work. So it's not like you can look at it and go like, oh, another Joel Schumacher film. It's not like that. You know, it's like a he directly and intentionally, you know, wanted these movies or, or was portraying these movies in honor of, of that, right? 
And I, I, so I, I, it's not like he failed. It's that the direction turned in a, in a direction differently. And I don't think that everybody knows that. I think that some people just think it was a bad movie or both movies were just bad movies. And it's like, it's just the direction changed. It, it's not, it's not like that. In my opinion. He, it wasn't, it wasn't that he was, yeah, he, it wasn't that he was a bad director. Um, he was doing what the studio wanted him to do. Right. The studio is what is it, Warner Brothers. The the suits uh, behind the scenes are the ones who wanted a a lighter touch to back uh, to to come away from this dark and violent version that they had gotten in Batman Returns. And so again, because because money, because of merchandising, they wanted to be able to make more money off of this movie and sell it to kids instead of having uh, something that really only be marketed to adults right. and uh, and so joel schumacher he came he succeeded in doing exactly what the studio wanted him to do um and he got lambasted for it because uh of the the quality of of the especially batman and robin batman forever it's all right like it, in my opinion it doesn't touch batman returns but Batman and Robin kind of takes it the campiness to an extreme once you right. get past, uh, you know, the Batman Forever of it all. Uh, I mean, I mean, Forever even it it was a huge success. Like, made I want to say like three hundred million in the box or three hundred fifty million in the box office because of Jim Carrey. Used from the critics, but it was a huge success. It's because uh, of Jim oh, Carrey. <laughs> well, fun fact. Tommy Lee Jones hated with Jim Carrey. Oh, did he? I can believe it. I believe it. He flat out told Jim Carrey, I hate you and everything you stand for. I, I believe it. You know, I. it's funny, though. Like, when I think about Batman and Robin, the only thing that I liked about Batman and Robin was I know I'm usually the enthusiast here, but the only thing that I liked about Batman and Robin was John Glover's appearance as the crazy guy with uh, Uma Thurman at the beginning. <laughs> you know when he's making yeah, the venom. He, he turns he turns <laughs> Pamela Isley into Poison Ivy. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's the only part I like about the movie. <laughs> what's great is that uh, that's not his only bat-related uh, part. You know he was the voice of the Riddler in the animated series. Yeah, that's it. so good. So good. He, him and his involvement, which later, of course, you know, he became um, uh, Lionel Luther in Smallville for our listeners here. So, um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I guess I don't need to camp out very long on um, on those two movies because they're awful. But I would excitedly like to just, you know, I know we're talking about movies. I, I do want to say that what happens um, in the 90s with us watching the animated series um, really fueled the desire more and more for Batman, right? I think there's always been a desire from the general audience ever since Batman with Michael Keaton and, and uh, Jack Nicholson. You know, there's always an appreciation. But as far as the young viewer, the young, you know, the youth, we're watching Batman the Animated Series. We're hearing Mark Hamill voice the Joker, Kevin Conroy voice Batman. And we are getting, you know, this great excitement and growth. You know, we're after school. You're watching Batman the Animated Series, and so really good stories with it too. So good stories. So as that generation becomes adults, 
and we are you know presented with this batman begins it's like oh my gosh here we go you know this is there was a great great excitement for what would come for batman begins by and large i think most people like the series uh, uh the three movies um the i know Dark i did. Trilogy. yeah yeah definitely yeah um <clears throat> it's amazing that uh these movies got a chance to exist uh because ben robin nearly killed the franchise um it left batman in what they call development hell for years yeah uh that's that's another one of those things you can do some research on the internet and find uh probably about half a dozen different attempts at making a batman movie before batman begins comes along uh, but christopher nolan comes in he writes and directs this new batman movie with a holistic tone uh and just out of the park like it is it is just a fantastic movie with a like a killer cast like oh i mean my you, that stacked, the the cast is stacked i mean you got christian bale as bruce wayne batman Liam but he's Neeson. just leading the cast it's got you got gary, Oldman, gary uh Oldman. as gordon you got Morgan freeman as lucius fogg michael kane as alfred michael uh, killian murphy yeah is scarecrow Liam Neeson comes in uh, and surprises everybody at the end by being Ken Watanabe. Rosh Al Ghul. You got yeah. Uh, Ken Watanabe. Think is Ray Ghul in the beginning, but yeah, not really. Not uh, really. It's actually Liam Neeson in disguise. Uh, and then you get you know Holmes, that girl from Dawson's Creek. She's, yeah, Katie. Holmes. She's all right. Uh, but you know, you're right. Star-studded cast. Um, one other thing that was nice about it and. Um, uh, it's how they, they went into it. You know, you, you really, you really dive into this, this movie. It doesn't start off like an origin story. Rather, you're kind of thrown into the mix of it and you get the origin a bit along the way in a, in a, in a, in a great way. I really, I really like how the movies don't make you start off at the beginning of anything, but you kind of get a little bit here and there and you're putting it together. Uh, yeah. That's really yeah, nice. They were very creative with the timeline and um, and the nonlinear storytelling, right. um, and uh, so, so which is something that Nolan is infamous for um, with non nonlinear telling. If you've ever seen good gosh, yeah, I know <laughs> you got half of the yeah. moving in the direction and the other half of the movie moving backwards uh, until eventually it meets in the middle. Oh, it's crazy. One of the nice um, things too was the musical score. You know, thinking about Batman um, that Danny Elfman had had uh, put together from the original, that musical score was awesome, memorable. Everybody knows it. Dun 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 dun. Right. You come to this movie and you get you get a pretty solid and consistent score as well. Um, you know, it's not as dramatic as that that one but it's still enough to be able to kind of carry you on and it's you know it's a memorable feel uh, and then when you think of the score moving on in the dark night it's almost as if like it's scenes from a horror movie right it's so true like when you when you have when you have links with the joke and and things are getting more intense with his uh psychosis like coming to the surface and it's like you're 
dealing with with what he's dealing with it's almost like you're hearing this uh cacophony of sound that's driving you crazy it's like it, it's terrifying and that's the only way i can describe it like hearing yeah. hearing the score in in the dark night is it's scary yeah it's, it's a, a scary thing. yeah you feel like you're um, in the, it adds to the yeah. atmosphere so really much does. yeah very much so I, I the only thing that my I would say is my criticism of the Dark Knight trilogy because I really did like it. I mean, there are some things with Dark Knight Rises that that I think could have been better, but overall, I, I really love the movies. the The challenge I have sometimes is that I feel like Christopher Nolan was he felt like he needed someone to say something that was maybe more obvious than needing to have to say it, and it usually came through you know, Michael Caine or, you know, or, um, uh, uh, Bruce Wayne, sorry, <laughs> trying try to say the actor's name. Um, but, um, it, it usually came through them saying it, Christian Bale. Um, but it, it just sometimes felt like it, there was a theme that had to be said that you didn't really need to say, you know, it's not who he is. It's, 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 he's who we need him to be. It's like, we got it. Uh, we got it. Thank you. Thank you very much. We got to leave it to the imagination a little bit. Thank you very much. But maybe it's just me. I feel like this is, a, again, your, your argument against uh, the line from uh, The Last Jedi. We'll be the spark that lights the fire that burns down the <laughs> order. The... It is a little bit like Whatever that. I, I just, you know, sometimes what I... What is it I... with you screaming, man? <laughs> just... You just don't like dialogue, do you? I just think some things are are, you know, better left unsaid, you know. <laughs> but overall, I, I like you know, Michael Caine delivering that like, so we can pick things up. And and yes, that was good. It was a good thing to say to a kid. It's just later they've been Instead building repeating. Whole... Yeah, they just later we just get to this point where it's like, who is who is he supposed to be? He's supposed to be what the city needs him to be. It's just a God, callback, man. I, just, just say, just saying, you know. Heath uh, Ledger was amazing for Dark Knight. Um, how do you, you know? There's a lot of different feelings about Tom Hardy as um, Bane. Um, I, you know, some people really don't like who he was in it, and I, 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 I didn't have as big a problem as most people did. Growing on me, uh, he's grown first, on you. The the voice I didn't really care much for. Right, you know his his speech uh, in that, or, or you know how he decided to to choose his words. I mean, I don't know. Uh, but it's his his his. Um, I guess there has has grown on me it's certainly better than the bane we got in Ro batman and robin uh, <laughs> um did you even but have to uh it? <laughs> i mean we might as well i mean he was there sort of god bless him around. um you know overall <laughs> i feel like the dark knight rises is the weakest of yeah, the trilogy yeah um not, that's not to say it's a bad movie. It's almost like to me, it's like comparing the Godfather Part Three to the first two Godfather films. Sure. Godfather Three isn't a bad movie, 
but when you compare it to the first two, it's yeah, crap. it lacks something. Well, Bane, you know, in in The Dark Knight Rises, uh, as I watch him, he is there's no like thought. There's no like critical thinking. Let me think about it for a minute about what I'm going to do. He knows what he wants to do and he's going to go full force in it. He makes decisions at the, at the drop of a dime and they're there are decisions that he is 100% confident with that he's probably pre-thought, you know, about how he'd handle yeah. anything. And so not he's not done by any respect. He is, but he is, I mean, he is a, a blunt forced tool. And of course, you've got yeah. Talia, who's who's you know more thinking, you know, like like her dad would be, and strategy and planning in the background that you find out later. But you know, I mean, all of that worked out fine. I think I would have been better with bane had when that moment when when they're fighting on the steps at the very end right you know when they're when they're doing their final battle and police are fighting the streets with the bad guys if he had hit him and that thing had fallen off we could have seen his face you know i think it would have helped you know a little bit um it was hard to grasp or appreciate or understand what's going on with him what would have happened to him you know, in that pit that would have required an apparatus, you know, kind of a thing. What, you know, yeah, what's what's the version of that Bane's origin story? Right. Because he, he didn't rely on them uh, no. to, to make him stronger. Uh, he did not, or or smarter, really. Venom, that's been doing too. Um, whereas in the comics, that's, that's who Bane is. Like, he is right. for... Uh, the venom steroid that turns him into a larger than life monster. They really um, could have made it so that it still would have stuck. Because you know the one thing about that that he did in this is he didn't want it to be supernatural. You know he didn't want it right. to. He wanted it to be like what if this happened in real life today? And he could have accomplished that because you know chemicals and steroids and all that is a is a real deal. You know you could have had him jacking up on some green fluid on him. You know and right. That could have happened, and it wouldn't have been a problem. But you know, even just a scene showing him using a syringe to, you know, minister at some point. Just one uh, little thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. just just to show, like even the background, like a henchman is going to report that something is going on, and even being sitting there with somebody administering a needle, uh, just just something I think would have been enough. And, and we, you know. Nice little nod to the audience. Hey, this is steroids. He's yeah, gonna break. Steroids. Um, I thought Anne Hathaway um was great. I of course I like Anne Hathaway anyway, but um I I think it's a hard act to follow. You know, she there's no one never in the could she be Michelle Pfeiffer, but um I still think that she pulled off a great character. I think that she was definitely badass. You know, and I think that she, in a Selena Kyle Catwoman-ish way, had her philosophy about how things are, and she was going to the beat of her own drum, and she was pulled in so uh, by by um, Batman to, to stay. So you know, I think that there's there there was a great job there. It's just you know, uh, it's always going to be Michelle Pfeiffer for me, right? So, what are your thoughts about her? I thought she was all right. Um, I'm not a Stan Hathaway fan, um, but uh, as far as again, all of all of these things that uh, for me, they're they're little things that play into 
this third part of the trilogy being the week uh, series. Uh, I mean, not overall in franchise. I just mean in this in this particular Christopher Nolan uh, realistic trilogy we've got. Um, and uh, and I, you know, she's she's just part of that. Yeah, she's uh, she has her her pros and cons. Um, and you know, I think that the character uh, necessary uh, for the story that was told. Uh, I don't have a problem with her being or being portrayed the way that she was. Um, but uh, you know, almost the the relationship between her and Bruce seems forced in some ways. I think it does. It does for them to run off in the end. You know, right. and I thought was. Odd. It's not odd for me that he left. That I, I thought that no. that was consistent with his character and who he became and and all that. And I, I really liked how they ended it with Alfred and him in that little scene. I, I loved that. Um, and I rarely love those kind of things, but I love that in this movie. But him just doing that and going with her, I'm like, no, oh, I guess so. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Ultimately, I, I will. Ultimately, I appreciate that Christopher Nolan gave us a complete Batman story. Absolutely, that no one, no one has done before. Because you can't with a comic book character, they live forever. There is no end to their never-ending right. battle, and right. so you know you're going to have these these stories where you're going to, you know, the the company will shake up the status quo, or whatever, and kill off Superman or break Batman's back. Right, but they're going to come back eventually. You know, they are. Right. Right, and because because they're they're characters who will not die, right. So when you have when you have the portrayal of a character in what's meant to be a realistic thing, in in a real world scenario where a man is going to grow old and die eventually, you have to have an end to his vigilante career, right. And and I think that Christopher Nolan handled that very well. Uh, I do too. The overall I, telling of trilogy. I agree, man. I I think I think it's the best Batman we've we've had so far. Um, as far as like a complete storyline goes. Um before we talk about the Batman, um, that's the most recent, I I do just wanna mention a little bit just about the Ben Affleck Batman. Um I uh but very briefly because I, I just don't enjoy it as much, but um I I find that the um the attempt that was made for Batman and Superman um when I think about Batman's perspective like I don't not thinking about the Lex Luthor attempt you know at all that stuff not thinking about Henry Cavill not thinking about any of that stuff just isolating on Batman and Ben Affleck I appreciate what was attempted in in the effort of him seeing what was happening in Man of Steel, and him seeing uh, that stuff that happens at the beginning of of that movie, uh, I thought was awesome. And I I watched it and I saw him see this threat, see this danger, and have a real concern about it as an aging Batman. That was great. And then everything after it was awful. Thoughts? Um. You know what? I actually like Ben Affleck as Batman, and I don't think of a chance to see from him. Um, now that had things played out, 
Zack Snyder had initially intended things to play out. Fair enough. Um, I think that uh, we would have we would be a very different conversation about Ben Affleck's turn as Batman, and I I think that uh, it would have been interesting to see his solo movie um, that had originally been. Uh, like he was going to act and direct uh, Batman was supposed to go up against Deathstroke. Um, I think it would have been two? a very interesting uh, who's he supposed to go against Deathstroke Deathstroke right 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 uh, I think it would have been a very interesting movie um, but you know uh, studio involvement tragic life circumstances uh you know, these things happen. And uh, and so the DC Extended Universe became what it was, maybe is no more. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Uh, overall, I think that, uh, that Ben Affleck uh, did a fine job with what he was given. Yeah, I agree with you know, that. The, I, I agree the with story, that. that. Yeah. The story of, you know, Batman Superman is convoluted at best oh my god um you know horrible looking for a reason for these two to fight mm. uh this was you know, knowing there was all manipulation behind the scenes with with Luther, you know that's that's not necessarily a bad story no it's just it was <laughs> not executed very well no no because they they no and i think they they made a uh not the best choice with um Jesse Eisenberg. Um I I do think that uh Ben Affleck like you said did the the best he could with what was given to him. And my criticism of 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 the rest of it is is not about him. You know, I I don't think that there was any part that I was like, no, that's not Batman. Like I did when I saw, you know, the portrayal with Lex Luthor and I'm like, that's not Lex Luthor. You know. Yeah. You know, so so I feel like that that's very very fair to say, but but alas, none to be anymore. I mean, it's um, I don't I don't know. Does he does he have an appearance? Do we know for sure if he has an appearance in the Flash? I'm pretty he's showing up in the Flash and in the Aquaman sequel. I don't know okay. in what capacity, uh, but it's going to be interesting the with, the new, with the new direction. You know, I guess we're just going to finish out these and then. You know, yeah. who knows? Who knows what's going to happen no. now? I think we're supposed we're supposed to be for sure Michael Keaton. Oh yeah, uh, thank heaven. Flash, and uh, and I think Affleck shows up again. Uh, not sure, you know what? How how his role is? It may just be a cameo. Uh, he's supposed to be here as well. One more thing before we get to the current Batman, uh, the reigning Batman, if you will. Uh, let's take a minute to talk about. There, so we already a little bit on the Lego Batman, but there's another animated movie that hit theaters. That Your angel of death awaits. One <laughs> of the most amazing animated films of all time. So good. So Mask good. of the Phantasm. I oh loved gosh. Mask of the Phantasm. I had that big VHS, you know, plastic case. Uh, of that movie and i wore that joker out i watched that movie so many times oh so good your angel of death awaits 
It was it was such a great yeah. movie too. I mean, and of what course you had everybody dude. from the um yeah yeah you had everybody from the the show. I mean, you know the Batman the animated series show. I mean for them to do that too, well it was nice because of course you had movies that shows that became movies. You had Care Bears that became Care Bears the movie. You know what I mean? And by the way, Care Bears the movie and Care Bears the second movie were pretty good movies. You know, even though second one better, yeah, I, I did too. Oh, so good, dog monk adventure. Yeah, there you go. So there have been stuff that's done, but masters to me, of the one, universe, masters of the live action. That was live action, yeah. But yeah. when I think about like the best animated movie of my childhood, I mean, it's gonna be Mask of the Phantasm. That's always so my favorite. well done. So uh, like and it hold it totally holds up today. Like I, I watched it recently, and the storyline, it, you know, it it jumps back and forth between the present, where it's facing this phantasm character, and the past, where Bruce Wayne is with, do I continue this path towards becoming this creature of vengeance, or do myself fall in love and be? And yeah. he's he was so much guilt. Oh, about falling yeah. in love with this Andrea woman, yeah, like he is—he's tearing himself apart, like at his parents' grave. Oh, such a powerful scene when he is—he is at his parents' grave, weeping over the fact that he doesn't think he can go through the the whole you know crime fighter, right? Because he wants to be with this woman who has right. made him happier than he ever could have imagined, and it's um, like it's towering over him, like. Like the gargoyles of Notre Dame, you know, just looking down on him, and he's just he sees that it's a storm, right? You know, when it's like, oh my gosh, that scene! Oh, that's such a great scene, great movie. And then, oh my gosh, it's so heartbreaking when she just leaves. And I mean, we know why she leaves, but it's like, and of course, you find out that she is the phantasm. And it's her this whole time. This spoilers seeking revenge for the people who killed her father. Um, yeah, you know. So she, she and Bruce have so much in common, but they go about it in such different ways in seeking their vengeance. It's right, such and a great and the movie. Joker's involvement too. I think one of the cool things about the movie is you get you get a an early Joker, right? You get a little back backstory right. Joker, and that Pretty was kind of. That was yeah, pre-Joker. That was really cool to see. Um, but then all, just his interaction, um, Mark Hamill's voicing and all that. It's just he's so great. He is the Joker. I mean, he's Luke Skywalker too, but he's the Joker, you know? Oh, so good. So good. All, all right. right, so let's talk about the Batman. Um the Batman and beyond. So just where do we to, go from here? Just to start, I watched the Batman. And I was watching it when it came on. I didn't get to see it in the theater, so I watched it on HBO Max. And I watched it late at night, and I was like, all right, here we go. I'll watch it. Here we go. And I I didn't enjoy it very much um, the first time I watched it. I watched it uh, yesterday, again, on a flight from L.A. to um, to Atlanta. And um, I I was fully invested with no distractions in this movie 
and I loved it 10 times better than, than when I first watched it. Um, I appreciate it a lot more. So I've kind of been on both ends of the spectrum with this movie, but you liked it when it first, when you first saw it, didn't you? I've only seen it in the theater. I haven't watched it again since then. And uh, it, it's still, it ranked as my number one movie of last year. Um, thought it was, was pretty well done, very well executed. Now I do laugh and I, I make fun of the fact that like every time we boot Batman, we've got to make him darker and grittier than he was before. And, right. and, that is no uh there's definitely in in this version as well it's this is definitely darker than we had with chris bale certainly darker with, uh than george clooney um uh but even you know darker than we had with with tim burton movies as well right. um it's just you know, it's almost like how how can we turn batman into uh just the darkest version of our side. Um, and of course the answer is, well, let's give him a serial killer patterned off of the Zodiac or something. And, right. uh, but we give him the Riddler. Uh, I don't know. It, it's so I say all that and it's, it's, it's tongue. You know, yes, there's a part of me that's making fun of that aspect of it, but at the same time, it was so beautifully, uh, the story was was told so well. Um, it was a t- detective oh, story. What's that? It was a detective story. I mean, I think yeah, we yeah. got that more than we've ever seen it before. This was yeah, straight we, up we've never crime. seen a, a like noir type of uh, Batman as a detective uh, movie. We you know we got glimpses of oh he's solving this crime, right? But it's never been this where right. where it's this is this is the crux of what this movie is about. He is he's trying to solve these crimes and trying to pre- prevent the next murder from happening. And you know his detective skills are still in their infancy at this point. This, this is what uh, like the year two. He's he's Batman, and so like he's been long, and and he is just into his own as a crime fighter as a he's got the physical part down for sure like i mean you see in several scenes where he's taken on once but you know as far as his his ability to uh look at a crime scene uh even when he's surrounded by cops and they obviously hate him for who he is right Right. um he is uh He's he's doing the best that he can, and uh, it's, it's interesting to see him come into his own. I at first I remember thinking that I didn't like the way that Pattinson was playing Bruce Wayne. Yeah, uh, I thought I thought his portrayal of Batman was just fine. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to screw that up. You're wearing the cape and the cowl, some guys up. You talk with a gruff voice, uh, but as he was without the mask and he's playing Bruce. I'm like, this is not Bruce Wayne. This is some kid who still feels sorry for himself because he watched his parents die. Well, and they're unapologetic about it too. They're, I mean, you have them, everybody pretty much sees him as recluse. You have the, the girl who wants to be mayor, who's just like trying to reach it. You got the board trying to, trying to reach him and he's going to lose his company. He doesn't care. I mean, they're not even trying to pretend like he's got another nice side. He is, 
he is beginning of the movie very wonderful character and he he has his sights on i am batman and i am vengeance that is my role in this city twain is nobody there's no reason for me to be twain outside of this house this cave this where wherever they want to hold up where, but yeah. his whole thing is he's bad but then towards the end of the movie you see more glimpse of the bruce wayne that he could become and hopefully will become when the sequel comes out we'll see more hope, of who that bruce wayne is i really hope so i hope i hope they're playing the long game here when when they look at him and they they show him that way um because that's because he chooses to become it he chooses to take on a philanthropic um you know effort you know um right. but i, bruce I would wayne like is the mask that. yeah bruce wayne has always been the mask and understanding that that's who he needs to be, um, you know, and, and, you know, whether it's for Alfred's sake. But that is one thing we can think about is the difference at the beginning of the movie is that he really didn't care about anybody else except for his vengeance and his focus therein. But when Alfred gets hurt, uh, hurt and you have, um, by the way, what a great portrayal of Alfred. I'm, I'm just loving the man. He's in everything. Fantastic. He's just in everything uh now. But um, you know, when he sees them and they they kind of grasp hands there and he kind of admits, I really have not had that fear. I've been pushing that fear away. And and he now has that fear of loss with Alfred, that might very well change his perspective, make him realize that he does have someone that he cares about that could get hurt still. So he has to have that persona. Um that's all. That's the only thing I can think of. Um, all right. So let me ask you a question real quick. So um, at the very end of the movie, you have him connecting with the Joker, um, apparently. Uh, and then there's also, is there a deleted scene? I think I saw a clip where he has an interview with him or something like that. Yeah, there, I never got to watch the deleted scene, but I know that like I've, I've read about it and heard people talk about it. Uh, there is a scene that would have taken place earlier in the movie where yeah. he goes and visits the Joker. Just like um, a Jodie Foster going to visit Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal Lecter right. to yeah. uh, his brain about the, the new serial killer in town. Right, right. So, yeah, I, um, I, haven't, I haven't seen all through. I saw one little clip of it, and of course, you don't really see him very well. Uh, probably yeah. it's intentional, um, but yeah, he's definitely scarred and bubbled in the face, and and it's not it's not pretty. It's not uh, it's not as charming. It's, it's <laughs> a lot more grim and gritty than we've ever had before. Yeah, worse than Heath um, Ledger's cuts. I mean, it's it's pretty gross. Yeah, yeah it's it's not it is not a a clean cut uh, you know, scar on his face that makes it look like he's got a smile. It's something right. else. And so, yeah, I, I'm hoping there's going to be more uh, with that and more fleshing out. Uh, because obviously, Batman and the Joker in this reality have a prior relationship uh, with one another. And so it's interesting to see uh, where that goes in the sequel um, and the, you know, this trilogy uh, they have planned. Um, uh, there is uh, more coming from uh, from what we have James Gunn uh, announcement of the future of of the 
studio and the first moving forward um the batman is going to continue being its own thing they're going to label it elseworlds uh, but there's also Elseworld, in the yeah. property universe uh the next batman it's going to be called the brave and the bold and it's going to focus on batman and robin but it's going to be damien uh the damien son of bruce son. wayne and talia al ghul right um so that should be very interesting i love um damien is such a brat uh, but uh, it's an interesting character too because he was raised by the League of Assassins, right. and so it's like he—he's kind of earned his place as, yeah. um, you know, his, his arrogance is because he is literally the kind of nine-year-old who could kill anyone who comes at him. And that's one um, thing we've talked about before. Uh, as a as a critique of of past films and things like that with Robin um, and even shows, you know, it's just like there's not been a, a realistic portrayal of a young child that plays this role. And I think yeah. when when you see something like the Karate Kid, um, not the, not the old one, but the newer one that was made, and you see and and you see um, Will Smith's son you know, fighting at that young age, you know, that's, that's a perfect example of how, if anybody wonders, can a kid do this? Yeah. A kid can do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. A kid could really, really do some, look at short round from well, the Goonies. You know what I mean? And look, and from looking you know, at child actors from a couple of seasons of stranger things. Oh, exactly. Yes, they can. They can do this, and they really need cast, to not. They need to cast a ten or eleven year old. That's right to play. I don't care who you get to play Batman at this point. Um, <laughs> I do. Like I'm. Well, I don't care what you wish it. for, sir. <laughs> I, I will care announce whoever it is. But I mean, we're we're probably another year or so off before they even consider casting. Um, oh, but man. uh, but you know, when the time comes, uh, you know, don't age up Robin, he needs to be a little kid. Uh, that is that's especially if it's going to be Damien, because this is somebody who has existed only during Bruce Wayne's career as Batman, yes, which means you know, at best, he's been Batman for 10 years. That's right, and here's this kid. Right. Um. So it's yeah. We we need a kid to play to play Robin. Let's. Yeah. It's and you you're gonna have to be able to find a Batman that's going to be, uh, where that dynamic with a kid is going to be strong. You know, I think about someone like, like Harrison Ford. Obviously, I'm not suggesting Harrison Ford, but I'm saying you think about Harrison Ford and what he brings to the table and anyone he acts with is his facial. His reactions, his comments, he's to the point you've got – it's almost like you have to have someone who can portray without it being a whole lot of dialogue but then be put in an uncomfortable situation where you do have to dialogue. You know what I mean? And I mean yeah. you could just see how it would – it could be such a great dynamic with the right kid and the right father actor, you know? Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah. yeah I, mean, um, I, I mean, I mean, I'm even picturing like the kind of dynamic we're having. Are you watching The Last of Us? Oh yeah, HBO? yeah. I'm even picturing the kind of perfect dynamic between Ellie and Joel. Um, perfect. Yeah, you know, 
the way that their relationship is growing in these you know few episodes that that we've had um i would see that sort of dynamic between damien and bruce because you know suddenly bruce is thrust into fatherhood you know after this kid's been around and been raised as an assassin to up to you know these preteen years and so he's got to train his son to think differently and not right. have this murderous mentality Right. You know, just because this person's your enemy does not mean you need to run him through the sword. Right. You know, there are ways of stopping people without killing them. Right. Um, and so I think that'd be a very interesting um interesting story to tell. And I, I'm I'm so glad they're approaching it that way. I'm you know, I I do wish there was more history, there was more more with the Bat family that you know we're able to see Dick Grayson or Jason. You know, some of these are, are Tim Drake was my favorite Robin growing up, and, and so right. like sure. I would love to see more of them uh, on the big screen as well. But uh, this is a compelling story, this father son yeah uh, thing we got with Batman and Robin. So uh, I, I'm I'm here for it. I can't. Uh, you uh, yeah, know, it's I'm hopeful. 2025. Well. Uh, so it's it's exciting. See see where these things could go. Um, are you ready for some trivia? I know we're going a long time with this one, so yeah, let's do it. I know we got we got five questions. We'll wrap things up. Question: Who? Julie Madison, Bruce Wayne's love interest in Batman and Robin. Who played Julie? Mad that was um, uh, L. McPherson. Was El McPherson? Boom! All right. What off time? Uh, okay, we've already we've already answered this. Okay. Uh, what off time? Tim Burton collaborator composed the score for Batman and Batman Returns. Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman also did series as well. And so great. Uh, oh, and Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Uh, okay, during production on the returns, Robin was initially a part of the story. Before he was removed, the role was even cast. Was supposed to play Robin before the part was cut. In which movie? Batman Returns. Robin was supposed to be in Batman Returns. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it would have been cast the role. Before it got cut from the part, would it have been Michael J. Fox? Uh, but his name was before Batman was made. Uh, no, uh, it was actually Marlon Wayans. Who? Marlon Wayans, one of the Wayans Marlon brothers Wayans? from In Living really? Color. Yeah. Wow. Uh, okay. Number four, when Batman began introduced the latest version of the Batmobile, what was it called? Um, oh, it's, what, what, oh, what does he say? Morgan Freeman says it's so funny. He said, he's like, I wouldn't be interested in that. Oh, you wouldn't be interested in that. The uh, is it like the tumbler in black? 
The tumbler. That's right. Oh, it's the tumbler. Woo! All right. Wow. All right. Action. The climactic battle between Batman and Superman in Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, was large. Inspired by a fight that took place in the pages of what classic Batman comic book story? Um, was it the uh, was it that that Elseworlds one that um that uh not Lady Worlds, but the, but it doesn't take place in regular continuity. It was it was from Armageddon, wasn't it? Armageddon. Um, oh, I thought it. I thought it was the Armageddon one where uh, he actually kills him. No, that one. That one is homage to the same storyline that, that I'm oh. talking about with the with the armor and and the kryptonite. And it wasn't Armageddon. No. no. All right. What no, you got? That that fight. That's uh, that was Superman Annual number three uh, in 1991. This uh, so this was Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. Oh, really? I don't think I ever nice. read that one. Man, oh, it's it's really Dark Knight Returns. Well, you know, I got the DC Infinite now, so I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Go um, go. Um, or go on HBO. They've made a there's a movie, an animated uh, movie that's on there. Based oh, they on, did. Uh, it's in two parts. Okay, well that's cool. Dark I'll have to, I'll have to check so it out. So it's um, oh, what's the what's the actor's name who played RoboCop? It's killing Pe- me. Peter um, Weller. Peter Weller. He he's the voice of uh, of Batman in that uh, in that movie. They're alive. You're coming with out. me. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> Free start bag. Oh, All right. That's that wraps it up for our of Batman movies. Um, hey, did you say what your year was? What? Was it the, the first Batman movie? The first Batman movie? What year? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm asking, what, what was your... Did we ever talk about what your favorite of the oh, entire franchise is? Yeah, it's. I think I mentioned that my favorite will always be Batman and Batman Returns. Those will always be my favorites. You and Michael Michael Keaton is your Michael Keaton. Yeah, absolutely. Your Batman. Uh, you know what? I I love the Dark Knight. I feel like that is Christian Bale. All of the, the movies. I feel like that's the most powerful one. Uh, I love the um, oh good. Trail of of the Joker. That doesn't. I don't think that means that Christian Bale is my favorite Batman. Um, I, I, I think that Keaton is still my favorite Batman. Not not George Clooney. <laughs> from ER? No way, man. <laughs> oh, uh, no. All right. So uh, yeah, if watching listening to this, please, like we said earlier in the in the cast, join in the conversation. Who's your favorite Batman? Uh, who's your favorite villain that we see big screen? Uh, which Lego Batman? That's all of the villains. Like I said, Condiment King shows in that thing. I mean, that's that's everybody. Um, so if you've got uh, some thoughts, share them with us. We'll be happy to read your thoughts right here on the show. Um, yep. What's coming up next week? We've we've got a plan. We we've got a whole schedule coming up for. <laughs> the better part of the next year. Oh, we've got some things going on. We we've got some stuff brewing. Um, so if you have enjoyed listening to this, 
friends, uh, family, share with your enemies. Uh, they might come around and start liking you after that. Uh, but uh, we do hope that you have a great whatever it is, wherever you are.